coming up next on the Varsity Journal podcast. What he did isn't even comparable to what J.R. Smith is doing. J.R. Smith, this has to be the most loathsome piece of shit move that an athlete can ever do. Oh, it's only fantasy football. It's not a big deal at all. So maybe the people will resonate with this and think I'm funny and think it's cute that I retired in the middle of a fucking game. So in honor of Turkey being the most overrated thing on the planet, here is your list of the most overrated things in sports. Here's my interview with Heartland College Sports, Derek Duke. He returns to the show. At this part of the show, I think that we can officially say that I am heated. She goes, no, uh, it, it was an accident. I was like, how, how do you accidentally kill a cat? And she's like, well, he stepped on him. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Varsity Journal podcast. I am your host, Ryan Poirier. It is early, man. I woke up early to do this so I can... Uh, so I can watch football all day. And uh, we're back, man. We're back after a short hiatus. It's been, what, two weeks now? Well, here we are. And uh, glad to be here today. Glad to be here on American Thanksgiving weekend. You know, I, I've talked about, you know, October before being the biggest sports month of the year. And, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the biggest sports weekend of the year. So if you like those episodes where we're all over the map, then you're gonna you're gonna like this one. Uh, we got NFL football on today. Uh, we got um, hockey games all day tomorrow. We have college football this weekend. Uh, you know, we're wrapping up the college football season. So this weekend is going to be huge for college football. Derek Duke, our Big 12 expert from Heartland College Sports, he joins the show today uh, all the way down from Texas. And uh, yeah, we break down the big games from this weekend. And yeah, that's coming up a little later on. Uh, This is a special episode, man. This is an American Thanksgiving special. So let's get to it. Uh... Here's something I don't usually talk about on this show. That is uh, basketball. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I, you know, I'll watch the M- NBA Finals if I'm at a bar. Or, you know, if it's on, or if, you know, if I'm with friends who are watching it, because I have a lot of friends who are really into basketball. But yeah, I've just never been one of those guys, man. Uh, especially with the era that we're currently in. You know, the Kevin Durant's of the world joining teams that are already riddled with superstars and championships just so he can be a part of it. It's a bad state uh, that the NBA is currently in, and it's not one that that I enjoy watching. Uh, but anyway, uh, LeBron, he, re- he returned to Cleveland last night for the first time since joining the Lakers, and, you know, they just barely squeaked by... Uh, a Cavaliers team that had that has been absolutely brutal this year. They're since losing, they're now two and ten, and uh, you know that's just what LeBron does. You know that's what he does to Cleveland. I'm su- I'm surprised that he got cheered last night because he leaves the team and he has the ability 
to automatically make them the worst team in basketball. And he did the exact same thing before when he left for Miami. Because it's LeBron, man. He has the ability to do that. He's the best player in the world. Uh, so the Cavs lose. And, you know, there's... If you look at the rosters from last night, you'll notice that there's one name in particular who's not in the lineup. J.R. Smith. Because he's currently away from the team waiting to be traded huh i read that and i instantly said well what do you mean he's not with the team though even players who are obviously seeking trades still stay with the team fucking jimmy butler was probably the most noteworthy example of that everyone knew that he wanted off that team and he finally got traded to the 76ers because he's a fucking baby. And he can't deal with a little adversity. And as much as I have issue with him, I'm not even going to talk about him. Because what he did isn't even comparable to what J.R. Smith is doing. J.R. Smith. This has to be the most loathsome piece of shit move that an athlete can ever do. Times get tough. And... You just leave your team out to dry because you want a trade? Like, how come this shit only happens in basketball? I've never heard of this happening in any other sport. I mean, there's contract holdouts and there's players demanding trades and there's players that are literally a deficit to their own team because they're such a black spot on the franchise and they're all the media ever focuses on. But at least they show up and they take those losses with the team. If if you're getting paid a million dollars a game to play a sport, then put your fucking jersey on and you lose with your team. Uh, I know there's another guy out there that you might be thinking of right now also that might fit into this category of being loathsome uh garbage boy and that's Vontae Davis so this is a perfect segue from that Vontae Davis for those who don't already know about this this guy literally retired at halftime earlier in the season he was cornerback for the Buffalo Bills Pro Bowl quarterback uh Pro Bowl cornerback you know used to play for Colts um and earlier on in week two of this year, the Bills are losing to the Chargers at halftime. And he hangs up his cleats after the second quarter. And he says, yeah, I'm done. I'm officially retiring from football. You know, as loathsome as that was, at least he was able to look like a complete idiot for doing that. And he was given all of the scrutiny that he deserved. J.R. Smith is pretty much staying out of the limelight. He's shying away from that. And he's saying that none of this is his fault. And he won't lose any more games with a team that's trying to rebuild. You know, and, and if he's not on the court losing, you know, this is his, his thought process. If he's not on the court losing, then he's not going to have to feel like a loser and that these games are on him. At least what Vontae Davis uh, 
at least he was in the limelight after he retired, and everyone knew he was an idiot. Uh, that was until he released a statement on Twitter, and he said this, uh, and I quote, But today on the field really hit me fast and hard. I shouldn't be out there anymore. I meant no disrespect to my teammates and coaches, but I hold myself to a standard. Mentally, I always expect myself to play at a high level, but physically, I know today that isn't possible. And I had an honest moment with myself. While I was on the field, I just didn't feel right, and I told the coaches, I'm not feeling like myself. I also wondered, do I want to keep sacrificing? End quote. Hey, you fuck. You signed up for this. If you want to be a man, then retire after the game. Not at halftime. And what's worse, the worst part of all this is that he's now embracing all of this. And I shit you not, he's making light of this whole thing. He was just in an advertisement for the... The company FanDuel, that's like a fantasy gambling website. Uh, and he, he was just in this ad, and I saw that pop up on my Twitter. I mean, I'm going to play this ad for you. Why did I walk away? Well, not because it was easy. I mean, the game is all I know. You think back to your draft, you feel like a fantasy. But the second you know you can't compete anymore, you owe it to yourself, to your team, to find a fresh start. So yeah, that's why I did it. That's why I walked away from my fantasy league. Redeem your season on FanDuel. Play free until you win. Alright. Okay. So, he's admitting to what he did and he's making light of it by saying uh, that it was a fantasy football league that he walked out on. Okay, you know, so if that was a fantasy football league, you think that any of us are going to now accept that, be, like what you did and retiring at halftime, you think that we're going to accept that because you think that's funny? Oh, it's only fantasy football. It's not a big deal at all. So maybe the people will resonate with this and think I'm funny and think it's cute that I retired in the middle of a fucking game. Absolutely not. That will make people hate you even more because now people, you know, regular people, people who play fantasy football can use fantasy leagues as an analogy for what you did. People who walk out or give up on fantasy leagues are just as bad, if not worse, and they are also huge scumbags because you're ruining the validity of your league People who are getting free wins and now your entire league looks like a joke. That's what happens when people walk away from fantasy leagues. I once had a guy walk out of our fantasy league and guess what? That guy's also a piece of shit. He didn't care anymore so he thought that it'd be fine to just stop trying. No, you make the league look like a joke by doing that. And it was all because you didn't give a shit about playing and you didn't care. So I feel the same way now uh, what he did with how I feel about Vontae Davis. You should have never showed up. If you made your realization, you know, this was this is what he was saying. This was his quote. Physically, I know that today just isn't possible. And I had an honest moment with myself while I was on the field. I just didn't feel right. And I told the coaches, I'm not feeling like myself. Hey, then don't show up to training camp. 
And to the guy that left the le- our league, our fantasy league last year, you should have never joined the league in the first place. To J.R. Smith waiting for a team to trade for him. I hope to God that he keeps waiting. Jeez. Now, at this part of the show, I think that we can officially say that I am heated. But, you know, today's, today's supposed to be a positive episode, so let's crawl out of this negative hole that J.R. Smith has put us in. Um, I, got a good, I got a good story for you guys. Uh, so, I, I've been working like crazy lately, and um, one day there, there's this girl, she, man, this girl is, I, I want to preface the story off by saying that, yes, I work at a bar. But don't picture like a hot bartender or, or a hot server, the girl who I'm is going to be in this story. This girl is like, she's a little weird looking. She works in the back. She works in the kitchen. And that's kind of important for this story. So that's why I'm saying this. Uh, anyway, I finish up my shift and I go to the back and, uh, you know, this... This girl's also there. I'm like changing. I'm getting ready to leave. I'm getting ready to go home. And I'm just making some small talk. I, I was like, any plans this weekend? Are, are you going to go out drinking? And instantly with her response, I was like, okay, this is this is going to be a fun chat. Uh, maybe I can... Uh, maybe I can have some fun with this because this was her answer to me asking her if she's going out or you know drinking. She says, no, alcohol makes me paranoid. Last time I drank, I thought I was pregnant. Right there, I was, I was already in. I already bought in. I was like, okay, let's do this. Because first of all, how does alcohol make you... Were you smoking weed? With, that, with the alcohol that you were drinking? Uh, and, you know... She was saying how she she thought she was pregnant. So there was somewhere in that convo where I had asked if she was still with her boyfriend. Because she was saying that they were they were freaking out together. And he made her get a pregnancy test. <laughs> and so I asked if she was still with that boyfriend. And she said, no. Uh, he killed my cat. So obviously I had assumed that that was the reason they had broken up considering he killed her fucking cat. Uh, but then she said, no, that, that was an accident. Uh, the reason we broke up was because he, he cheated on me. <laughs> so I said, did you ever get back at him? Did you ever play any pranks on him? And she goes, yeah, I slept with him. And then told his current girlfriend about it. So then she dumped him. (laughs) So wait, your prank on your boyfriend and your way of getting back at him was having sex with him? Maybe the worst prank ever. Um, And then I was still curious about the whole uh, him killing her cat. So I, you know... For whatever reason, I, I asked her about that and how that happened. 
And she goes, no, uh, it, it was an accident. And I was like, how, how do you accidentally kill a cat? And she's like, well, he stepped on him. I'm thinking, holy shit. She's like, yeah, he was like 295 pounds. I was like, did you watch him step on your cat? Because I'm having trouble believing believing that that's something that you could actually do. And she goes, well, you know, I, I never saw it. So right there, I'm like, okay, I think that uh, your now ex-boyfriend uh, has some confessing to do. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I don't think that he accidentally killed your cat by stepping on it. Uh, I think this guy might be a psychopath. Because there's no way... <laughs> there's no way that, that one can accidentally step on a cat and murder it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my favorite story, uh from this week and if anything if I got anything out of that conversation it um it at least made me feel a little bit better about my own relationship um but this weekend though uh sorry babe uh you won't be seeing me at all uh you won't be seeing me until Monday because this weekend is sports weekend uh so yeah she might my girlfriend might not see me until Sunday or Monday. If she's lucky, maybe she'll see me Sunday for a bit. But still got NFL on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, you know, even though my girlfriend won't see me for, for a few days, uh, at least I have full confidence that she, she wouldn't kill my cat over it if I had one. Um, you know, man, we have so many random sporting events this weekend, and I love it. Uh, we got Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell 3. You know, that's a trilogy fight going down 12 years since their last fight. Chuck Liddell, now 48 years old. This guy's one knockout away from brain damage. And uh, him and Tito, these two men, will be fighting on Saturday. And, you know, it's one of those events that's got me fired up. Simply because it's going to be an absolute freak show. I love those freak shows. Um, and believe it or not, that fight is going to be live on pay-per-view. Uh, so, if you don't want to cough up the change for that, and trust me, I will not blame you in the least if you have zero interest in doing so. Maybe you might be... Uh, down for tuning in to the Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson showdown going on tomorrow, on Friday. These two guys are, are another set of athletes who are also in their 40s. But hey, they're, they're, they're at least playing golf, not fighting each other. And guess what? The match, as, as they're calling it, the match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, it will cost you a total of 19. 1999. That's right. Golf live on pay-per-view. Uh, I've not researched this to back up what I'm about to say, but I think that I can very confidently assume that this will be the first time that golf has ever been put up on pay-per-view. Um, most people don't want to watch it for free, let alone pay for it. 
but yeah, 1999, the match, live on pay-per-view. And if you don't want to pay for that either, again, very understandable. Um, then maybe you'll just want to tune into some NHL. 30 teams are going to be in action tomorrow, starting at 1 o'clock. The Rangers and the Flyers go head-to-head. That's the first game, and then you pretty much have every other team in the NHL playing, except for, I think, Washington is the only team not playing because the NHL currently has 31 teams in the league for whatever reason. Um, But yeah. And, oh, as, as if this weekend couldn't get any better, we got college football, baby. Friday night, we got West Virginia taking on Oklahoma. Uh, Will, Will Greer, quarterback of West Virginia, he'll be taking on Kyler Murray, quarterback for Oklahoma. Two Heisman Trophy candidates going one-on-one. That goes down tomorrow night. And Saturday afternoon, we got number 10-ranked Ohio State taking on number 4-ranked Michigan uh, the huge, huge playoff implications in both those in both those games. Woo, baby! It literally it doesn't get any better than this. It's it's going to be a jammed, packed uh, weekend full of sports. Um, so, so joining me uh, on the show to talk about all that is Derek Duke. Uh, you know talk about this American Thanksgiving weekend and all the college football going down. Yeah, Uh, here's my interview with Heartland College Sports, Derek Duke. He returns to the show. Derek Duke, what's up, my man? Hey, what's going on, man? Thank you for coming back on the show, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate it, man. You too. Uh, no, we had our Thanksgiving last month up in Canada. Oh, yeah. So what what are your plans this week? Are you with your family in Texas and and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, I have two Thanksgivings. I'm doing one with uh, my girlfriend's family and, and then I'm doing one with my family uh, tomorrow. So nice. You're up in Houston? Yeah. Uh, I'm in San Antonio. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. how, how's the weather down there? cooling down it's it's uh yeah what, what, what's cool though for you uh it's 49 right now i don't know what that'd be in celsius it's minus 23 up here freezing my nuts off yeah it, it's not gonna get that cold i think the coldest we've been so far this year is like uh, probably 30 that's but texas man really yeah we don't really get our hard freeze this early usually usually like it's in january or february so it's been kind of rare to see these uh this cold this early yeah so uh what, what's your go-to thanksgiving meal derek are, are you a big turkey guy uh yeah i i would say so definitely on thanksgiving i gotta have the turkey uh and the, you know and all the sides the dressing the potatoes you gotta have it all i've i've always held this sauce. i've always held the sediment that Turkey has got to be the, the biggest overrated meal. So in honor of that, uh, in honor of it being the most overrated food on the planet, give me your most overrated team in the top five or top ten right now in the, the college football rankings. Oh, man. That, that's that got to be tough. Um, Jeez. I, I wouldn't even know where to start with that one. <laughs> I know you hate you know, it. Look, you don't like it, eh? 
Yeah, you know, the, the whole college football playoff thing, I'm, I'm not too crazy about it, but looking at the list here uh, from from 1 to one to 10 here, if I had to maybe say 1 at this point, I, I think we're maybe overrating Georgia or LSU just a little bit right wow. now, uh, considering considering the losses. I mean, Georgia, the Georgia whole thing, that's going to take care of itself. They're going to play Alabama yep. most likely, you know, next week, and that, that's going to take care of itself, but... I'm looking at LSU. I'm not really, you know, they have two losses. I don't really see what the committee sees. Obviously, they have athletes all over the field, but I'm not, I'm not sold on what they're doing. And really, they haven't really beaten anybody from the top 25. So I'm kind of looking at that maybe. But hmm. it, it, we're really nitpicking here from the top 10. I think there's such an elite group up at the top that, and there's just a, there's a huge gap between the top teams. And then the mid-tier teams, just because, you know, some of these teams in the playoffs, I mean, in the rankings, the top 25, you're looking at certain teams with four losses now. So mm-hmm. we're really kind of, you know, trying to find our way through all the mess here. For a Big 12 team to get in that in that Sugar Bowl game, it's got to be Oklahoma, right? And, and they got to win out at this point. Yeah, Oklahoma's definitely they're the only team in the Big 12 that really has legitimate chance mm-hmm. uh, to make the make the college football playoff. Right now, they're sitting at number six. Yeah, like I mentioned, Georgia, Alabama takes care of itself. They can be bump up to five, but it it's going to take a lot. I I think I still think even if Oklahoma wins out, let's say you know they beat Texas. Yeah. Uh, you know they beat West Virginia obviously this weekend. And yeah. And they take care of Texas next week in the conference title game. They still need Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, or Michigan to to lose a game. Mm-hmm. And right now, you just the way the way things are shaking out, I have a hard time seeing that. So, who's I, I really have a hard time seeing any Big Twelve team make the playoff at this point. Who, who does who does Michigan? Uh, who are they gonna Who are they gonna face in the Big Ten final? Well, they're they're gonna face. Uh, so they're gonna actually play their biggest challenge is gonna be this coming weekend against Ohio State. Ohio right, right. They're ranked number ten. They're a big. They're a big rival. But right now, in the other division in the Big Ten, uh, they're going to be playing Northwestern. Who, yes, they're they're you know they're playing good football right now. Yeah. They're coming in at let's see number nineteen now. Yeah. But that's actually a four loss team. They lost yeah. all their all their non conference games, and you know so they have four losses right now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to say. How good they are? Are they a better team than what they were? Yes, obviously, but I'm not going to call them a really good team. So I think they're definitely by far their toughest challenge this weekend, and I think they'll take care of business if they, you know, make it to the Big Ten title game. So the last time we talked, it was right before the season, and you know, I, I kept an, I kept a little close eye on on the Big Twelve this year, and damn, there's been some good games. I would even venture out to say that before that Monday night football game that just went down between the Chiefs and the Rams. I thought there was a pretty clear winner for the best football game of 2018. And, you know, I, I, I think that you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find a better football game. The game I'm talking about is that game uh, that went down between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State from a couple weeks ago. That, that was something, eh? For sure, for sure. I think you look at that. To me, it, the thing is, it's funny. You know, we look at that and the whole world was watching. Obviously, I mean, you know, the whole country was watching one of that football game between Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, you know, Patrick Mahomes, obviously a former Big 12 quarterback himself at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw him during his time there. He was outstanding, really fun to, fun guy to, to watch and cover. But you look at that and, you know, you see the score, you go, wow, that was a really great game. But then, to me, you know, been covering the Big 12 now, you look at that and that, that's just another Saturday. And there's, 
There's nothing yeah. special about that. that. That's just another day in the office for Damn. a lot of teams in the Big 12. So it, it, it's really new, nothing new to me, but I think for, for the rest of the country in America who don't really follow the conference as much, mm-hmm. you know, I think that they really enjoy watching those types of games. And, you know, you can argue, hey, there's no defense being played or what. Fuck defense. You don't need defense in a game like that. Damn. And I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. You know, even if you watch that game on Monday night, you know, there was some defensive plays in there. There was a couple defensive touchdowns yeah. in the game. So you, you kind of had a little bit of everything in that game. And I really think that week in and week out, there's at least a couple games in the Big 12 where you can sit back and really say, you know what, I kind of seen a little bit of everything this Saturday. So I, I was pretty happy to watch. And just as a fan, you know, mm. even if you're not a fan of any, you don't have any rooting interest in any of these teams, you just watch it and you, you say, hey, that was a great game. That was a really fun game. So... I think that's probably the most important thing to me is just you know just watching the games and having fun with it. At the end of that, at the end of that Oklahoma game, you know Mike Gundy or you know Mike Yurick, the offensive coordinator, their decision to go for two at the end of the game. What are your thoughts on that? I like the call. I I, I totally understand where Mike was going with that uh, at, during that time. So I get it. You want you're on the road. You wanted to end it, but I I I kind of want to take back from it a little bit. Because at that time, I believe there was around, I think it was a minute, two or a minute, three seconds left. Minute six. In that ball game. Yeah, so you look at that, and you look at the way Oklahoma was moving the football in that game. Even if they make the two-point conversion, I would still have put all my money on Oklahoma to at least get within field goal range and, Damn. and you know win the game with the field goal. So yeah. I get what he's going for. I may personally have... have probably kick the field or kick the extra point but I totally understand where he's coming from because at that time I believe his kicker he, he missed an extra point and I believe he missed two field goals in that game as well which mm. you can make an argument you know that cost them the game as well but I, I think you look at it I probably would have kicked it but I totally understand the call to to go for two in that situation on the road see I'll never understand that like I mean especially in college football because in college football you at least you get you get you get your defense out there. You can also get like you get your offense out there, so many times. So an overtime in college football is, is even like more so in your favor to go to overtime. But you know it seems like in the NFL right now, like we're seeing that happening more and more in football. It happened with Tennessee earlier this year. Happened with Carolina like just last week. Like I, I think if if you have the opportunity to get game in overtime, you've got to have faith in your defense. I think it all depends on the situation. Each each and every game and team is unique and different, so I think it depends on the situation. If your defense has no prayer uh, of, of stopping anybody, you know, especially in a late game moment, I, I don't have an issue with it if you know your defense or if you're like Oklahoma State for chance. You know, their kicker may have not been able to can you right. rely on the guy yeah. after missing a couple extra points. And with A lot of times with the kickers, it's not their physical abilities, it's just mental. So it really kind of messes with your head. You mm-hmm. start missing a couple kicks. So right. it, it really depends, it, it, especially for a team, let's say, you know, a team like UCF or Boise State, one of those teams that aren't quite as talented and maybe not be able to keep up with a team in overtime, you know, for punch for punch, you know, blow for blow. So sometimes you do have to try to take out that knockout punch, especially, you know, if you're, if you're trying to pull off the upset. So I can totally understand in those situations the underdog trying to you know end the game right there on one play, yeah. And, you know, not pushing it any further. So I totally get both sides of it. Uh, I like I said, I think it just depends on on the situation. Yeah, and let, let's not deter that you know from the fact that it was a hell of a football game. And if anything, I thought the dramatics at the end made it an even greater story. And 
you know, I, I thought that it was going to hold out as, as the best overall football game of the year, but, um, you know, obviously this past Monday, Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff, you know, they had something to say about that. It, you know, they essentially said, okay, hold my beer, Kyler Murray, watch this. Uh, and they put on a hell of a show. Uh, you Did you have the chance to watch that game on Monday night? I did. I watched. I think I believe I watched the second half of it. I'm I'm not crazy about NFL football right. when, it, when it doesn't come to my team. But you yeah. know what? I, I'm all about watching good football, and I, I'm glad I did catch the second half of that game. You know, I stayed up a little bit later. It was on the West Coast, so. But hey, it was it was a great football game, and you know, I, I really enjoy Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, he, he yeah. played at Texas Tech a while back, and so you know, glad to see that he's doing well, and I you know he's going to be the next superstar in the NFL. I don't think there's really any doubt about that right now. No, I, I was going to ask you exactly that. I was going to say, did you, like, you had the chance to cover Patrick Mahomes when he was playing for Texas Tech. Did you think that he was going to be this good? I think everybody who watched him in college knew that the talent was there. Right. I mean, this is a guy that can, he, he takes it off his back foot. A lot of times, you know, quarterback, you, you want to step forward into your throws to kind of get that more, you know, that power into your throw. But this is a guy that can just drop it, you know, you know, falling backwards off of his back foot and it can just chuck it 60 yards downfield right. on a dime. You know, you don't see that every day in college football. You don't see that in the, even in the NFL. You don't see that. No. You know, there's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, so you got to be pretty, pretty at least decent. Yeah. You know, to be the, to be the, that guy. But watching him in college, I, I thought he was fantastic. I, he, the talent, the arm strength was certainly there. Mm-hmm. The only complaint I had maybe was the decision-making at times. I thought he took too many risks and too many chances, but one could argue that when, when during his time at Texas Tech, their defense was just atrocious. They were so bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Patrick Mahomes could put, put up 50 points in the game, and the, the defense over there would have given up 60. You know, it was just one of those deals. So mm-hmm. I totally understand what some of the risk he was trying to take, you know, take the, you know, the, the big shots, you know, the big play of the game, whatever it may be. So I totally understand that. But I think, you know, in the NFL, you can't take as many chances like that because you will, the athletes at that level are just so superior to what, what, what it is in college. So I totally get that. And I think he's done a great job, you know, containing that, you know, taking careful risks. Uh, being really a careful gambler, I don't know if you can really say that, but I think yeah. he's done a really good job at, at his decision making, and his, with the, combine that with his talent, I mean, you're probably looking at the at the NFL MVP by the end of the season. Yeah, man, uh, careful gambler. You know, I I think you could even call Kyler Murray a care, careful gambler. He's such an elusive guy. I know they don't have you know the same arm, but do you see any shades of Patrick Mahomes in Kyler Murray? Mm-hmm. The arm strength. I don't. I don't see Kyler Murray having the arm of Patrick Mahomes. Right. I still think Patrick Mahomes. That's a one in a generation type player. But Kyler, in his own right, I think he does a good job. I think he's a lot more accurate than what people give him credit for. I think he's a better thrower of the football that people give him, give him credit for as well. I think uh, seeing him and his time coming out of high school and, and everything like that, his his arm strength and you know his accuracy definitely needed work. Uh, he went to uh, Texas A&M before transferring to Oklahoma. And even mm-hmm. watching him at Texas A&M, he still had a lot of question marks surrounding him. And I think what he's done in Oklahoma has been tremendous. Uh, so no no complaints there. But the difference with Kyler Murray is just the athlete that he is. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I can't remember the last quarterback that I've seen that could literally take it seventy five yards for a touchdown running the football 
and mm-hmm. probably go untouched. You know, there was a run in the Kansas game this past weekend where he did that. He, he went 75 yard for a 75-yard rushing touchdown, and I don't think a single player from the Kansas defense touched him. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's just incredible what, what you're seeing right now from him and the way he's able to run the football. It's, I, I really never seen anything like it at this level. Dude, I, I am having a difficult time, like, getting over the fact that we're not going to see this guy ever go into the NFL. It's a, it's a travesty if that doesn't ever happen. You know, like, do you think that there's ever been a better player than Kyler Murray to not go into the NFL? Um, probably, it, it's been a long time. I, off the top of my head in recent memory, I can't really think of one. Mm-hmm. There's been certain situations where I know back in the 80s where guys would... would hold out you know if there was a team that had the first pick and they didn't want to go to that team I can remember that actually with the I think it was John Elway the famous you know Denver Broncos quarterback he won two yeah. Super Bowls with them yeah. in the 90s I you know he was coming out of Stanford and I for, I can't remember I think it was Tampa Bay or somebody that had the first pick uh, of that draft I think in 83 it was so and he didn't want to go to Tampa he flat out did not want to go they were going to draft him no matter what because they felt like he was the best player and, you know, he didn't want to go. So instead, he, he chose to play baseball for a year. And uh, Tampa Bay ended up wasting a draft pick. And then John ultimately got where he wanted to go, which was, you know, uh, Denver. I'm not sure if he wanted to settle on Denver, but he, he went there. So he chose that route. So Tyler's in a unique situation where he could do both. But I think he's, it's, you know, he's great at football, don't get me wrong. But I think his heart's maybe a little bit in baseball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to baseball money, uh, it, it, it's really hard to turn down. Not to mention baseball, it's just so much easier on your body compared to football. You can play for a lot longer. You can make more money. Well, he's making uh, $4.6 so right now, right? For, for for not even playing a season, he's making $4.66 million? Yeah. Jeez. I mean, yeah, the, the signing bonus is, you know, I, they always say, if you're going to play a professional, you're going to be a professional athlete. If you want to get paid the most money, you definitely go to baseball. Right. Because you can not only you can play for longer, you get paid more. The signing bonuses are outrageous because baseball has no salary cap. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's just crazy, you know, the amount of money that those guys are able to make in a season. Yeah, and not to mention, like I think the guaranteed life expectancy of an NFL player is like averages for three and a half years or something like that. You compare that to baseball, and you know, but I, baseball's a hard thing to like scout your players. That's why, like, I don't, I don't know if you know, like, I don't know how good Kyler Murray is going to be. But if if there's ever been a guy who in the MLB and they've been saying that this guy's going to be the next big thing, it usually, you know, in recent memory, it pans out that that guy, you know, doesn't reach his full potential. We saw that with. You know, Steven Strasburg, maybe? That's one of the guys I can think about. He's still a hell of a pitcher, but he's not... I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a too big... I'm not a crazy baseball guy. Right. But, you know, I watch enough to, to understand what's going on during, throughout the game. But the thing is with baseball, what's great about them is, you know, they're able to get these guys, and they're able to play right away. You can't do that in the NFL. You go to the NFL, there's 53 guys on the roster, and, that, and that's it. There's no more. There's no less. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. So... The starters, there's 22 starters on each, you know on every position, so that's it. If you're not in there, you're not playing. Right. It's just this is as simple as that. And especially if you're playing quarterback, you're mostly not playing at all. You're not probably you're probably not playing a single snap of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely, you know, without you know the injury or anything like that. But you're looking at that. But then you look at baseball. 
even if you're not good enough to make it to the major leagues, you still have the minor. You still have the minor leagues. You know, you have Triple A ball, you have Double A, Single A. You have all these divisions of baseball. That you work your way up until you're ready to get to the major right. leagues. Right. So, you're you're constantly playing. You're constantly getting better. I think it, it's a huge benefit in that regard. And you know, it, it's hard to say that football would ever have anything like that because your body can really only take so many hits, and you don't really want to be sitting there taking hits on your time. You're still trying to make it to the league. It's just taking more hits, and you're just really, if anything, you're just going to be shortening your career uh, once you would be able to make it to the NFL. So that's the great thing about baseball. Uh, just the systems that they have for de- player development, it, it's really one of a kind. I'm not sure any other sport really has anything like that. Hey, man, may- maybe I'm just selfish, but I, I want to see the best guy get in there. But Maybe we'll never see it. Maybe we will. Who knows? Uh, what are you What are you more excited for this weekend, uh, Derek? Are you more excited for Thanksgiving dinner or the West Virginia-Oklahoma game going down on Friday night? I'm going to take the West Virginia Oklahoma game yeah. ten times out of ten. This, <laughs> this is a game that I think a lot of people uh, have have circled. You know, this who comes out on top in that one, by the way. I'm going to give the slight edge to. I, I keep going back and forth on this game. I think West Virginia gets it done. Damn. Uh, the way Oklahoma Oklahoma's playing defense right now. I do not like it. Mm. Um, it's really hard to watch their defense. They're, they're not just, you know, the effort's not. Obviously, the numbers behind the stats aren't there, but the, the effort I have not seen in a while. They're, tack, they're not doing a good job tackling at all. They're really poor tackling. I believe they had 16 missed tackles last week against Kansas. The way that defense is playing, it, it would make me hard to pick them. And the only reason I'm going to give West Virginia the slight favorite, favoritism here is because the game is in Morgantown, but West Virginia. So mm. West Virginia will be playing at home, so I think that's going to be an advantage uh, for West Virginia. And I really think it's going to be a really close game. It's going to come down to the end. So I mm-hmm. uh, still got to pick West Virginia in that one. Marquise Hollywood Brown. This guy, I just learned, is Antonio Brown's cousin. The wide receiver <laughs> on, on Oklahoma, right? I, that would be the first time of me of me hearing that. Yeah, um, I know they call him Hollywood. Yeah, he's from Hollywood, Florida. So yeah, uh, Gus Johnson gave him that name last year uh, against Oklahoma State, and it kind of just stuck with him. And I, it's a great nickname. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he's Antonio Brown's cousin. No, yeah, no, I, I, I saw. I was first. He has his own wiki page for whatever reason, and said cousin of Antonio Brown. Not, not that Wikipedia is the greatest source of information, but. It's, it's good enough. I'll, it's I'll good enough. So, I, I mean that that I wouldn't be surprised if that's true, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure it is correct. So the way he runs the with the football in his hands is incredible. The guy can he can score from literally any spot on the field as long as the football in his hands. You know, good things are going to happen. So that doesn't surprise me one bit. And his speed it it's just on another level. He has like world class speed, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure he's going to be one of the fastest receivers. You know, coming out uh, when, when the NFL draft rolls around. Earlier this week, I saw you post something about Les Miles getting hired at Kansas. And, by the way, did you have a chance to watch that interview? I got to watch a couple minutes of it. Okay. Um, um, I'm just, yeah, so for those who didn't hear the interview, I just want to play this one clip. So just give me a second here. You'll, you'll be able to hear this on the other end. The style of football that we'll play. The um, community recognition of our players will will, will grow. Uh, the opportunity to get out and and do uh, community enhancement and be involved with uh, um, 
you know, the, the, um, um, be involved with the, the, um, um, spit it out. <laughs> I, I actually, I didn't Wait, get a chance to hear that. Things. <laughs> oh my God. You didn't hear that? I, I did. I, I actually, I got a chance to. I did see that on Twitter somehow. I, I, you know, I saw a couple people posting it. You know, taking shots at it. <laughs> he, he's been out for a while, so I can understand. He's kind of just that was a stroke. Up. Yeah, it it, it 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 didn't look great, but he's. I have so much respect for that guy. It, it's really hard for me to really say anything bad about him at this point. But like I said. This is a guy that hasn't really coached or done much. I mean, yes, he's been doing you know some TV work, but mm-hmm. now he's the face of a program once again after taking a you know really a two year leave since being fired at LSU. So mm-hmm. I think he's just shaking off some of the rust, and I'm not going to be too hard on it, you know. But if that becomes a weekly thing, then yeah, I have no problem taking a couple shots at that. Well, no, I was going to say if that's how his career at Kansas goes, then I don't think that bodes too well for his for his future but you know in, in all seriousness how, how do you think he'll do I mean he had a hell of a career with LSU but what do you do with a school like Kansas whose priorities in football they certainly can't compete with the likes of Texas and Oklahoma and, it, and it's definitely not going to be similar to you know the reins that he was given once he arrived in Louisiana you know yeah that is going to be dependent on how he's going to be able to get players to come to that program mm-hmm. he right now if you look Kansas their 2019 class, they have one recruit. I believe they're ranked in the 160s, and there's only 130 uh, FBS teams. So Jeez. they have, they definitely have their work cut out for them uh, ahead of you know. But glad they got less miles. I think it's going to make them relevant again. Uh, even if they struggle early on, you, you just the name factor with less miles. What he's done, he's a national championship winning coach. So I think that does add some value to your program, and it's going to be easier for him to to walk into certain living rooms and you know he's going to say, hey, you know, I know what it takes to win a national championship. You know, even though we may not get there right away, you know, we're going to be working towards it. So in a in a in a in the right direction, I think that's the most important thing for Kansas is taking steps in the right direction. Even if they're small steps, you, you still need to take those steps in the right direction before you start making big steps. So it's kind of more of a a crawl before you walk kind of thing, but. He's got his work cut out for him. Mm-hmm. They need to get they need to get players within the program. They need to get guys who can sit and develop in the program. I think early on, some guys are going to have to play early, and you know they might not be as good, and they're going to have to kind of learn as they go. But you know you're going to have to get to a certain point in that program where you're going to be able to recruit guys and you know let them sit for a year or two and develop those guys, and before you know before putting them out there before they're ready. So I think uh, it's going to take some time to rebuild it, but uh, I think less will be able to do it, but. His age certainly plays a factor. He's 65 years old, so you're kind of wondering in the mm-hmm. back of your head is how long is he going to be able to do this for? You know, is he going to be there to see the final final product? You know, so right. still a lot of questions to be answered there. But uh, I'm really excited. You know, um, you know, I'm ready to get to get a chance to see him. You know, when Big 12 media days roll around in the summer, mm-hmm. I'm ready to to kind of see what he's about and get the chance to maybe talk to him for a little bit. Well, he he certainly had a hell of a career in uh, in LSU. I, I hear you, man. Uh, so how, Derek, last time we talked, how's the whole, uh, the high school football circuit going this year? Yeah, so I'm actually, I did it for about half the season. And oh, damn. Got to the, 
it got to the point where I'm if I'm going to a game in the Big 12, I'm on the road usually the day before. Okay. Which would be Friday, of course. So it's a little bit harder for me to go to the games and. Uh, the place I was riding at, it, it was kind of more of an, it wasn't an upstart thing, but there was a lot of younger guys doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was kind of hard for me to keep doing that for free for so long. You know, you can only do something for free for so long before, you know, you kind of get a little weary of it. And plus with the stuff I'm doing over at Heart Lake College Sports right now, yeah. I got my hands pretty full <laughs> along with the full time, you know, uh, a day job as well. So right. uh, my hands are pretty full at the time. So it, it kind of gets to the point where we come home on Friday night and kind of want a, bit, a little bit to relax a little bit uh, after, you know, working the whole week and, and doing stuff at night for our website. So it, it, it's been a grind, but, you know, I appreciate yeah. the, getting a chance to do that. and it, It's been fun. You know, it's, it's a little bit different to see a stadium of, you know, 60, 70,000 and then go to a stadium that maybe has, you know, 300 people at it. So, right. Uh, definitely, definitely a big time uh, change for me, especially, you know, I went to the, uh, a lot of the smaller high school games in my area. So okay. a lot of the teams that wouldn't give get the coverage they probably deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's been, it was fun while it lasted and I'll see if I'll come back around to it, but uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to college for right, right. now. But I, I definitely have fun doing it. Damn, man! I was gonna ask if you had any good stories for us, you know, from you know if there were any brawls in the stands between the parents or fights going between the contending schools. You never saw any of that, did you? I don't think I saw anything like that Damn. this year. Um, the crazy—I wouldn't even say it's crazy, but usually after the games, I'll go ahead and I'll interview the head coach of the winning team. That's just—that's what I've always done. You know, mm-hmm. get get a couple quotes and then just insert them from the story, or you know, doing a just straight up interview, whatever. You know, maybe talk to a player or two. But I—I I, I guess it was a—it was a district game. It was a rivalry game. Uh, I can't—I can't even recall the, the the game, of course, in my head, but. Anyways, after the game, I go down on the field, you know, with about a couple seconds left of the game. This is seconds, this year? So I'll head, yeah, and, and okay. uh, so I'll, I'll, head, I'll, head to the, uh, I'll head to the field and, you know, I'll wait for the coach and, you know, the, he'll talk to his team or whatever. And usually, you know, they'll stick around and, and I'll, I'll get a chance to talk to them then uh, while, you know, the players are talking to their family, their friends, whatever it may be. But. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason or another, this team, I don't know if they were just ready to get back home on the bus or what, but they literally, as soon as they were done shaking hands, I mean, they just jetted to the locker room. So I wasn't even able to get a chance to get any kind of clothes or anything. I mean, it was okay. I still got a story from the game, but I thought that was pretty bizarre for them to just sprint in the locker room Damn. Uh, so quickly. But Turning Hollywood uh, on you. Yeah. <laughs> Too big but, to be uh, interviewed. The, uh... I guess I, I don't know. So it, that I thought to me that was the first time that really happened. Yeah. Uh, I was able to track down an assistant coach, but uh, apparently I, I guess I wasn't good enough to get the, get the <laughs> coach to come out. To no man. With me, so damn. I, I just took it as, as, as it is what it is. I'm not going to complain about it. So I, you know, I let them have the. I guess they were enjoying their victory a little too much, but uh, hmm. that was probably the the most interesting thing I had happened to me this past season uh, from from covering a high school game. Damn, I, I wanted to get some stories on some good old Texas beatdowns going on in the the high school stands between some of the students or the parents. I don't know. Unfortunately, man. some of the some of the teams I was covering uh, really had some really really bad season. We're talking, you know, three some schools had three to four wins and. There wasn't a whole lot to cheer about, and I think sometimes when that starts happening, you look at the team's record, and you know sometimes people don't show up. Um, 
the energy isn't there, you know, compared to when your team's doing well, winning ball games. Right. So a lot, a lot of these teams were struggling, you know, scraping by. So um, it, mm-hmm. it was a little bit different. I was a little bit taken back this season, uh, in you know, kind of bit been more respectful, I guess you would say, to uh, kind of acknowledge, you know, hey, when when a team wins a game, it's a really big deal. You know, it's not just another Friday night for them, you know, taking care of business. You know, it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I saw a lot of teams get just flat out, you know, blown out. And it, it wasn't really fun. It really wasn't fun to cover a lot of times when a team's getting beat by four yeah. uh, for the whole game. So uh, it, it was definitely an interesting season that kind of took me back a little bit uh, by surprise. You know, Derek, you uh, you just got off work, and I'm going to let you get to your Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, are you going to be watching the games tomorrow, by the way? Yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be watching some some of the NFL games. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be keeping up with it. I'm not going to... You're a Texans I'm fan, gonna, though, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Houston sports fan, so okay. I know the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be playing. I do not, I'll let you know, I do not like them one bit. Let's go Redskins, uh, Colt McCoy, baby. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, I do have a lot, and I mean a lot, of family members who will be Cowboys fans at Thanksgiving. So <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'll have to hear about it plenty if, if they they're able to win. Uh, well, you you got to wear that so. uh, Deshaun Watson jersey or, or the Lamar. What do you got, Lamar Miller? Or? I'm not a jersey guy. I usually what? wear a shirt or a polo. So Jeez. I go polo a lot of the time. Okay. But, uh, they they've been relatively quiet to me ever since you know Houston actually got to play Dallas earlier in the season and we were able to win so I think after that moment I think they knew not to talk to me uh, <laughs> yeah. about it because I could just kind of bring that back up and I'm sure that's not a really a memory they want to relive you guys are on a tear this year though you know I think I think Houston's won what seven or eight eight straight since since they started the season off zero and three yeah it's been seven straight it's, it's been, a season to watch yeah. Yeah. After starting zero three, I, I thought this season was going to be one of those seasons where I didn't really want to watch, but I was going to watch anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, luckily, you know, they they found some magic, and you know, I'm just uh, I'm just here for the ride. Absolutely, man. Hey, uh, Derek. Thanks again, man. Love having you on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks so much. You have, right. a, you have a great weekend, man. Have a good Thanksgiving weekend, man. Thank you. You too. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. That is Derek Duke from Heartland College Sports. Always a pleasure having that guy on. Always, always fun. Um, so yeah, we uh, we we meant I mentioned this briefly while while Derek was on at the top of that interview. Turkey is hands down the most overrated food on the planet. A turkey dinner isn't. You know, if if you combine the turkey with you know, the mashed potatoes, the corn, gravy, ham, stuffing, that's all good. But turkey itself sucks. It is the most boring meat on the planet. And, you know, if anything, you know, you, you can just be gross and take all that turkey skin. That I think that's the only thing that, that makes turkey itself tasty. If you just wrap the turkey with the turkey skin, smother it with gravy, you know, a heart attack might might be on the menu after that, but hey, it's tasty as hell. Um, but yeah, other than that, it is helpless. So in honor of turkey being the most overrated thing on the planet, here is your list of the most overrated things in sports. This is our Thanksgiving special list. Cue the Thanksgiving themed music. All right, 
This one shouldn't surprise any of you guys. Uh, at the top of the list, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, you knew this was coming. Uh, granted, they're, they're 15 and seven record. It, it looks nice on paper, but you're telling me that the team, you know, who's supposed to be smooth sailing their way to the Stanley Cup, the team with the best young GM in professional sports, the team with the best coach in the NHL, the team with the endless number of young prodigies, the team that occupies 75% of all sports center and Sportsnet broadcasts, they're gonna get slapped by a team like the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah. Yeah, you watched the game last night? Carolina won 5-2. Maybe I'm just a hater. But, you know, because the Leafs were on a four-game winning streak before this. But if they were the team that everyone thinks they were, they wouldn't break to a team like the Carolina Hurricanes. Up next, we have double or triple boxing. That's when you you split the... You're watching two or three games at once. I see this all the time. People will post pictures or Snapchats uh, to their social media and they'll be bragging about being this so-called sportsaholic and... You know, they'll have multiple split screens showing all of the games they're watching. Listen, as someone with ADD, I can tell you, there's nothing that gives me more anxiety or elevates my heart rate more than having multiple things on the TV. So you can't really be a massive sports fan if you're constantly watching more than one game at a time because, hey, it's impossible to actually watch or analyze more than one thing at a time. So, you're not a sportsaholic if you have if you have five split screens of hockey and basketball and football all at once. Uh, at the very least, I'll have a UFC and a Flames game on a Saturday night, but I'll be three sheets in the wind, drunk, while well, I'm doing that anyway, so. Moving on, um, next overrated thing we have is the Olympics. All right, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I do love watching the Olympics. I, I love the fact that it's once every four years, it's country versus country. There's so much pride and anticipation involved. But have you seen the prices that it costs for cities to host the Olympics? Have you seen in the news recently, Calgary, they just had to back out because it they literally couldn't afford to host the 2026 Winter Games. You know, to be honest with you, who would even want to pay hundreds of dollars to watch something like downhill skiing anyways? As a live sports spectator, there are so many Olympic sports that make it almost impossible to view anyways. Like, what are you, you going to do? Throw down $250 so you can watch bobsledding? And you can only see part of the track anyway. It's overrated as hell. Uh, not to mention the fact that the NHL started banning its players from participating in the Olympics anyway. So what's even the point of hosting the Olympics if you're a Canadian city? Um, the next I have on this list is sports streaming services. Uh, okay, these are streaming services offered to you by the like the sports league itself um so ufc fight pass would be one of those 
the WWE Network, you know, this golf pay-per-view coming up. See, my issue with this is it's often like 20 bucks a month. You get one sport to watch and and you can find all these games online anyway for free. And it's like there's, you know, I I I I pay for the zone. That's that's a sports streaming site, but it's not I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't even know why that was on the list. Let's move on from that. Uh, up next, last but not least on this list, I have All-Star Games. Any All-Star Game. Uh, you know, All-Star Games, they're always advertised as the greatest players competing on the field or on the ice. And, and no one playing in the All-Star Game ever seems to give the slightest of a shit that they're in the All-Star game. You know, doesn't happen in hockey, doesn't happen in baseball, not in football, not in basketball. You know, these are the most skilled players on the ice of the field, not giving a fuck with other players on the ice of the field while there's some game that seems to be occurring around them that they don't give a shit about. That's the list, everybody. Uh, that, that's the list of the most overrated things in sports today and uh yeah that's it everybody I, I don't know what the hell i was trying to say with the sports streaming services i i had it down on the list and i simply had nothing to even offer um other than the fact that i don't really understand why anyone would pay 19.99 a month uh for something that they can essentially get for free I mean, there's definitely a convenience issue with all that. I mean, I'm buying DAZN, and the best thing about DAZN is I can, like, literally just sit down with, because I have it connected to my Xbox, and I can just sit down and use the controller to scroll through all the games. And, I mean, that's def convenience-wise, that that's awesome. And it, it's super easy to do, and it's... Um, but yeah, I'm not, you know, I get multiple sports. I'm not just getting NFL games. I'm, I'm also getting uh, um, different college games, getting some golf with that. You get soccer, um, some baseball games. So, I mean, at least I'm getting multiple sports for, for 20 bucks a month. But uh yeah, everybody, that's that's about it. I've, I've got nothing else. The Lions game is on at 12.30. That's in about two hours. They're going to they play the Bears. And uh, that that kicks off a freaking amazing weekend for sports. Uh, you know, football's on all day today. Hockey on all day tomorrow. College football is on all weekend. Uh, we got two old men going toe-to-toe -to -toe on the golf course. Two old men going toe-to-toe -to -toe in the cage and both of these events for whatever reason are being shown on pay-per-view um have a great day everybody thank you to Derek duke for joining the show uh ladies and gentlemen as always thank you for tuning in really appreciate it peace i'm out